All right, got a number of commercials to make here real quick before we get started. I was just counting, because uh, it's dangerous when I start counting, but, but uh, it's a blessing today because, oh, sorry, y'all, this thing is trying to manifest. Um, um, but uh, there's four generations of family for us in the house tonight. Paula's, Paula's parents are here, and my dad's parents, my, da- my dad's parents, my dad is here in the back, in the very back. Shay's here, and Paula's here, and then, uh, and then France and Max are in the back. So that's four generations. So uh, Ray and Pauline are happy today. Alabama won yesterday. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, there was another commercial that I, I needed to make and speak. Uh, was that? Uh, but anyway, I, I, this is another one. Uh, there are a number of us leave next week, not a week from next, Nick, a week from Monday. Lou and I will be leaving to get on a plane to go into Beirut, uh, well, just said into the Middle East, <laughs> going into the Middle East to do a leadership conference there, and then we'll come out, which is really cool. Oh, George is going. George, that's right. George is going. How dare I forget? Yeah, he gets to see his family, which he hasn't seen they're coming out of, Le- out of Syria into, into this other place and, uh, to see him. And, so, uh, and then we will um, come out of there and go into Montenegro. And uh, uh, Leanne Pearson and um, uh, Brit- Brittany Howard and Chris Farmer will join us there. And, uh, and we'll be some, we're just really just seeking what God's doing. I feel like we're like 12 spies sent out in, into the promised land. So we ask really prayer. I just really ask you for a lot of prayer now. Because there's a lot happening before we're even getting a chance to go. Uh, you know, like give you an example. The, wa- the wife of the husband, we're having contacts in Montenegro. You know, she's probably Mitch's age and she about died two weeks ago. She's going to the hospital. There's something crazy happening. So anyway, but anyway, all that said, aside... This morning, we're just continuing this series about God's presence. Last week, Mitch preached on uh, God's presence in relationship to following God's presence, pursuing God's presence in relationship to uh, hearing God's voice. My sheep will follow me because they know my voice. And that's what Mitch preached on. Today, we're going to head into it on talking about using emotions to pursue God's presence. When I think about this, I think about Paul and I, in the many places that uh, we have lived in our lives. In fact, there was a point in time that I could mention the M word and Paula would, you know, manifest. And, and uh, where is Paula? She's, where is she? She right there. Uh, hiding, huh? And, uh, but anyway, so, uh, but anyway, but, but in these places and times that we've gone and moved where God's told us to go, like when we left Okeechobee to go to seminary and then we went to, did a internship at, at Virginia Tech, then we go back to seminary, come out of there, go to a place that I never wanted to go, to go to Eastone Gap Baptist Church in, in, a, in a traditional Southern Baptist church, which was God-ordained. Uh, out of that, we end up b- up here, planting a campus ministry, and here, you know, we meet people like this guy, Simonis's, and, you know, and O'Reilly's, and many other people in this body that we met back there, Huh? Whirlies, yeah. And so in that place, in that time, God did a lot. Out of there, we go back to Big Stone, which was a not cool time. But 
God redeemed that, and that, that's when Tulio and Tammy got <laughs> familiar with each other and got married out of that. But out of that, God took us to Boone, North Carolina. Surely God sent us to Boone, North Carolina. We knew that without a shadow of doubt. There was a point of redemption and rest. And out of Boone, God brings us up here. And here in this place, you know, we really feel like this is the place and the time that God has for us. You know, and then the steps like in doing this work, doing God, doing this thing out in Giles County. Every one of those were a place and time where God's presence was directing us. I feel like Moses, God, in my place in my time in my life, Lord, if your presence is not with us, do not lead us up from here. I have been and taken steps where God's presence was not with us. Like the time we went back to Big Stone Gap. I went back there for, the, for people and not for God. And there, the results was not cool. But God's presence is something that's precious to Paul and I. And that's what we, if we're going to make a decision, that's what we want. But in our Paul and I's direction in our lives, you could tell, she could ask her, God has never directed us in the same way twice. Every time has been different. Like I could tell people, I cannot write a book on hearing God's voice or I could tell you how not to because how not to. And that's how those places that, you know, I've made mistakes and that's where things I've learned, what he sounds like, what he feels like, what it looks like when he's doing. And so that's why it's so important for us because they go to the next slide, Sarah, because this vision statement that God has for us, making a difference by embracing God's heart and pursuing his presence, God's presence. That's what we want. That's the heart. You know, like Joshua, you know, God tells Joshua, Joshua, <laughs> if I, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so that is what we're after, his presence, to pursue him. But the problem is, y'all, he's a spirit. He's invisible to the physical realm. He's real. He's more real than the physical than the physical. The spiritual realm is more real. It's a matrix. It is. He is so much more real. And he is not a deaf mute. He speaks, and that's what Mitch shared about. But also he directs by emotions. And that's one of the things that is so important for us. In fact, this subject, I believe, is one of the most misunderstood subjects in all the body of Christ. That's why the book that I've, I've written on, on emotions. By the way, Jen, where is that? When is that book coming out? Tomorrow. Really? <laughs> really? Is it really? Uh, well, I mean, in theory. The final edits will be submitted tomorrow. Really? Wow. We've been trying to, we've had, it's been a journey for that thing. But that book, I really, on emotions. I believe it's one, like Paula said, it's one of the most important books that I've ever written because there's so much nobody under, I mean, we've, I have not understood this subject. And I believe the body of Christ is misunderstanding it. To, to know and follow God in relationship to what we hear, what we feel, and what we see in the effects. And let's talk about this and just lay some foundations about using emotions. First off, let's look at this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For, for all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, you remember as we're talking about in times past, talking about the heart of God. We talked about the heart of a son or daughter is what God wants us to step into. But the reality is when we're born again, we'll have either the heart of the orphan or a heart of a slave or a heart of a child. 
And you'll see in this progression that where we grow into this place. Well, uh, the heart of a son or daughter of God is one who is led by the Spirit. Not like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul says, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but men of flesh. Because God, the, the, those who are led of the Spirit, those are ones who are sons and daughters of God. Go on to the next slide. Because in this place, in John 3, 7, Jesus starts addressing this, being led of the Spirit. Because Nicodemus asked him about being born of the water and of the Spirit. How can this be? How can one be born from above? And he says, do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. For the wind, but y'all, we see this in the English here, uh, wind, but really the Greek word is pneuma, which is the normal word for spirit. So really there's no differentiation here. And so literally you can say the spirit blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Living life in the Spirit is like following wind. And because He is wind. God is a Spirit and the correlation between the Spirit and the wind. But the, like you always heard me say, with, you know, that with the Spirit, I mean with the wind, you can only know the wind's blowing by hearing it, feeling it, and seeing its effects. So important. And so go on to the next slide here. So notice this passage here in Hebrews 5, 14. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good from evil. Key word there, senses. So important to be able to sense the presence of God. Hear the presence of God. Hear the voice of God. Feel the presence of God. Also, in that relationship, to recognize what you're seeing. I, I just think about the passage in, in the book of John where God the Father speaks over Jesus. And Jesus, you know, says, Father, glorify thy name. And he says, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And he speaks this. God the Father speaks out of heaven. There's a whole bunch of people around him. And it, and it literally says this. Some thought it thundered. Some go, well, an angel spoke. Not even recognizing. Really, the reality of God speaking from heaven, having your senses trained, discern good from evil. When you step into something, you know what you're stepping into because your senses are aware of what God is doing. Or literally, you say on the flip side, and where it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, in order that Satan may not take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So, we want to be this mature man or woman of God that are led of the Spirit, paying attention, understanding what we're hearing, what we're feeling, and what effects we're looking at. What are we seeing? And we want to be the man or woman of God who, because of practice, have our senses trained. Plural, senses. Not hearing, not just hearing, feeling, seeing its effects, and hearing. So anyway, let's go on. So let's just ask a tough question. Is using emotions scriptural? Well, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule. The Greek word there literally means referee. Let the peace of God referee in your hearts. In your hearts. So the Greek word there for hearts is not the normal word for hearts. I think. I might be confused with another verse. Let me scratch that. I don't have time to look that up in the Greek right now, <laughs> but my mind got blank. Anyway, y'all, 
Greek freaks could look that up even before I get through. But anyway, let the peace of God rule. Peace, peace of God rule in your hearts. Go to the next slide. Notice how Jesus, this was an interesting one to me when the Lord brought this to my attention, that how Jesus would operate in one of the things he operated in his field. In fact, in the book that I write on emotions, there's one section on it, Jesus and emotions. You'll find that Jesus was one of the most emotional persons to walk on the earth, but so balanced in, in how he walked within emotions. And so, uh, you know, so free in it, but understood the emotions that he was experiencing. And so as we go on, look at this one. This is interesting to me with Jesus. When the woman who had the issue of blood come up to him and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power, that power was proceeding from him. He felt it. He felt it. There's many times that I prayed for people, and all of a sudden you go, whoa. You feel like, it's still like you go stick your finger in a light socket and you go over and grab Mitch. Oh, yeah, you got it, brother. You know? And so, Jesus, so is it scriptural to be led of the Spirit by emotions? Yes. In fact, journey is just starting. It is. Jesus, understanding what he felt, turned around and ministered to this woman. Because you remember that? You remember there was a horde of people around him. And all of a sudden, he goes, you know, who touched me? And the disciples go, whoa, no, there's a bunch of people around you. No, Jesus realizing there was a woman of faith who had been confessing the reality of Jesus, drew the power that was in him, and she's healed. Jesus felt it. He responded to her in a way that just solidified everything that was in her heart. So, is it scriptural? Yes. Yes, it is. But so, so this question is verify and establish this, and you've heard this in Dwelling Place probably so many times you're sick of hearing it. But what is an emotion? Well, an emotion or a feeling is a signal of an event, both physically, spiritually, and soulishly. Go to the next slide. A good example of the one I use is in John 16, 21. The whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain. Praise God for labor pains. Uh, well, it's easy for a man to say that. <laughs> well, how do I get out of that, Paula? Yeah, that's right. You don't want to just drop the baby off anywhere, right? You'd have never known where the, when the baby was going to be born unless there were what? Labor pains. In fact, the pain's closer to the birth. The pains get what? Closer. That right? Did I say that right? It's been so long since I went through that. I, hey, y'all, I had a certificate of breathing. I learned how to breathe in childbirth. So I was qualified. It's out of date, bro. <laughs> it's out of date. That is true. I remember one time when Michelle was born, Paula's going to have to have a C-section then. So I got to go in, but I sit next to her, you know, sit next to her head and I turned around and looked. There was this nurse and nurse standing behind me. You know, here all these people around Paula. And I'm going, what you doing? She goes, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I look like one of those kind of <laughs> weak hearts, you know. But anyway, something I, you know, I, I got to get out of this. But anyway, 
It's a good thing in a sense for their, their labor pains because the pain is a signal of an event, a baby being born. Notice the, that's a physical emotion. There's four different types of physical emotions. Not going to go in it right now. But notice this, but when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into this world. That's a soulish emotion, a revelation, a reality, or a truth. That's a soulish emotion. So anyway, then there are spiritual emotions. We're signaling events in the spiritual realm, either in us, in us, or around us. But we're talking about pursuing God's presence. We're talking about spiritual emotions. Because why? God is a what? Spirit. Events. Now, let me put a commercial in here, okay? When we're talking about pursuing God's presence, we've got to realize some things about God's presence. There's different facets of God's presence. It's important for us to understand this. One, there is God's presence in us. Our body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. But then, the interesting thing about in you, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. God's presence even goes deeper. And I, did, I forgot about this when I taught this in past. But like in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 following, where six, four, 14 following, where Paul prays to God on behalf of the Ephesian Christians when he says, I pray that God would strengthen you with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell where? In your hearts. In those multiple rooms, those areas in your life, the desire is that for Christ to dwell in those particular areas in our life. Because the reality is, y'all, our heart being like a giant house, many each of those rooms representing different facets of our life, is what the reality is. Some of those areas in our lives, Jesus does not dwell. That's why you see the exhortation in 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. So we're asking God's presence. Yeah, when you get saved, he's in your body. But then God wants to go deeper in us. Where like it says, he has sent the, his spirit in us and into our hearts crying out, what? Abba, Father. And if you look at the context of that, that's in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. If you'll read later on in the chapter, Galatians chapter 4 and chapter 5, Paul starts speaking to the, the Galatian Christians, telling them, why are you again falling back to the yoke of slavery? And he's talking about them being coming slaves or child in their mentality all over again. So what Paul is crying out in there, those deep places in us, when we're talking about God's presence in those areas in our heart, God's desire is to be there. God's presence in us, that's where God gives us where he will never leave us, he'll never forsake us. But then there also is God's presence among us, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, where he says, I will dwell in you, individual presence, and I will walk among you. Y'all, that's where the cry is in dwelling place, is that our heart is God's presence among us. That's a basis of relationships. That's how Mitch, that's how Mitch has been able to put up with me for 20-something years. You think it's because of the character in either one of us? He's a good guy. Me? I'm a dude. I'm crazy. 
But only Jesus in our midst can, can cause people to fall in love ever more as we go on. And it's true. Burby, even to put up with me all these years, picking on him. He picks up on me, picks on me too. But. So anyway, there are many of you in this place too. That's the basis of our relationships with one another. So when we're thinking about a pursuit of God's presence in us, deeper into us, into the areas of our heart, God's presence among us. And I could go on further about in the heavenlies, but let's not do that. So let's just talk about this day, using the sense of emotions in a pursuit of God's presence. I want to get practical, really want to go, how do I do this? Because y'all, God is so much wanting to be a part of our lives. It's not a mystery, but here's the reality, y'all. We've grown up into a world being trained to live in the world according to the flesh and according to the soulish. And that's why we're needing our minds renewed to the truth, to think in line with the Spirit, laying aside things that would encumber us so I can fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So to pursue Him in relationship to what I feel. How do I do this? First thing is, I want you, let's go to this slide here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. The first thing is you got to do, this is interesting, pay attention to what you're feeling. That's why when I'm, when I'm meeting counseling sessions with people, I say, trust what you feel. 100% trust what you feel. Because why? An emotion or feeling is doing what? It's signaling something. I never forget the time that I, I had hurt my back wrestling Dustin Wower. On a mission trip. <laughs> was not, not smart. But anyway, in one of those times after and all this kind of stuff, I, I, I was talking to, I went to a chiropractor, a doctor, and he says, uh, Rick, do not take powerful uh, pain medication. He said, what it will do is it will hide the injury and cause you to do something stupid and hurt yourself more. So you ignore the pain. You ignore the signal. It's worse. And so we think pain is an injury. I mean, it's our enemy. But I want to say this to y'all. God created it. He didn't create the cause of the pain, but he created the reality for your bodies to feel when something's amiss. He created your souls, the ability to tell whether a lie is in your heart or not. In the book that I wrote, a section is this, what does a lie feel like? What does a truth feel like in your heart? What does it feel like? What does a spirit feel like? What does the spirit of God feel like? And so the important thing for us, like in this passage of Scripture, whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart. Here it was. This is the verse I know. This is why 1 Peter 3.15 is cardia. That is heart. This is the one that's not, it's not heart. It literally means inward parts. Closes your, literally close your emotions off. Y'all been that way? How many times you've been walking down the road? All of a sudden you see somebody, uh, uh, can I have a dollar? And you do what? Close your heart. You ignore them. Close your heart. You know what you're doing? You're desensitizing yourself. 
to a need of a person. Next thing you know, you don't even see the persons. One of the things that Shay, um, one of the things that blessed me about Leela, Shay, correct me here even now if I get the story wrong, but one thing Leela would do is in, in Macedonia, there's just, in, in Skopje, the city Leela was raised in, it's the largest, uh, uh, it's got the largest area, gypsy area in, in all of Europe. Isn't that right, Shay? And, uh, and when you go downtown, you're going to have, just many times you'll have hordes of gypsy kids coming just begging and stuff like that. And it's so easy that you walk downtown because, let me tell you something, they'll pick your pockets, they'll pick your wallets. In fact, would you, were you one of them got stolen, your wallet stolen? Tammy got, yeah, maybe it was Tammy got her wallet stolen. And, uh, and so in this place that you, you can, it's easy to see these kids as pissed. But what I understand Leela does, she don't see those kids as pest. She sees them as kids who need love. And she, doesn't she say, the thing I heard was she just tries to make a heart to acknowledge them in some way, shape, or form and care for them. And it, and it just sensitizes Leela's heart. In other words, sometimes what we do is, is if we're not careful, we start to ignore the things that we're feeling. You know, you know what it can happen in the physical realm that when you ignore maybe small emotions that are signaling something wrong with the physical body. You, you, know, you know how important it is. You go to a doctor, the first thing he asks you is what? How do you feel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they'll ask you to measure it. What's the number scale? But I just want to tell you this. In relationship to following the presence of God, pursuing the presence of God, pay attention to what you feel. Because your, your Heavenly Father is always wanting you to follow Him. Like it says in John 10, my sheep, it says he calls his sheep out by name and he goes before them. He goes before us, y'all. And he calls us by name. Well, also one of the things he'll do is he'll affirm to us what's going on in relationship to emotions also. So pay attention to what you're feeling before, during, and after an event that something is going on. Pay attention to those emotions. I could tell you story after story, but for time's sake, about times that where God would communicate something to me, either word or sight or even feel, all of a sudden a peace of God in my heart about a situation. And you go there and you go, oh, this is cool. Or all of a sudden you start to head in a direction, all of a sudden you no peace. You're going, hmm, I don't like this. And it's the Holy Spirit. You know, like I told you a couple weeks ago, like I'm walking down in the woods in Florida, South Florida one time, and all of a sudden following a guy named Jim Kelly, and he's got a shotgun. He turns to the side, and I, just for some reason, we're walking through the woods in the swamp, and he turns this way, and I, I start to go straight, and I sudden I just felt this stop. I didn't hear anything. I just felt this stop. And I looked down. I'm serious. Right there is a six-foot rattlesnake curled up. What is that? Was that the Spirit of God? That's probably my mama. I come praying, saying, Jesus. Shay was, Shay said last week, 
All of a sudden, he, he was out doing for a movie and looked down, and there's a, a cotton mouth sitting right by his leg. That's the presence of God. Kept that cotton mouth mouth shut. But anyway, pay attention. The first thing in relationship to this, because remember, the basic two questions is in relationship to emotions, what's being signaled and how do you respond? So the question is, pay attention to what you're feeling. Now, can I pause this again real quick? You remember the passage in, in Hebrews 5.14 where it says the mature who because of what? Practice have their senses trained to discern good from evil. Let me ask you this. What do you do in practice? You mess up. That's an opportunity. That's why so many times in my life you're going along and you're just going, all life is is practice. That's why I say mistakes are opportunities. Oh, I know what that feels like. And there's been times, y'all, when all of a sudden Paul and I take a step in something and I'm going, and, and you know, all of a sudden we get started there and all of a sudden it's not like what we thought. And I'm going, I know this is God. I, I, know, I know what I felt was God. I, you know, Lord, I know it was you. But then, if I just waited long enough, then all of a sudden, the Lord would unveil it being manifested in a way I didn't even think about. Because I started, because of practice, have my senses trained to discern good from evil. Now, please, y'all, I do not want to sit here and say that I've got this all together. Because like I said to y'all, God is always growing us. Think about this. Let me go on. Just to pause again, another commercial. God is taking us in a journey of growth. This is why the group that Tom's heading up is so important. It's a growth that we grow in the grace and knowledge of God. We grow in the glory of God, different revelations of God's glory. You'll feel different things like you never did before, different revelations of faith. Going from as, first, as Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, from faith to faith. And as, for, as John 1 says, grace to grace. In other words, what I'm saying is, y'all, this is a journey with the Lord to discover the limitless God. You can't put down all the ways that he feels. You can't put down all the different ways he's going to speak to you. You can't put down the ways, the different ways that he will reveal things in the things you see. You cannot because he is so great and awesome. But you know what it is? It's glory to glory. Practice. But it will always have common threads. Because, okay, pay attention to what I'm feeling. Well, how about this? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? What am I feeling? Right now, what are you feeling? Besides, I was just going to shut up or something like that, you know? What are you feeling? Now, let's just start with the positive side. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so you will feel him in the spirit. If I want to touch Mitch, I touched physical. Right? Shay's back there. I'd slap him around. <laughs> but I would, I would, I touch physical. But you want to touch a spiritual being, you're going to have to touch him with your spirit. What does he feel like? Well, let's look. 
Let's go on. Let me just tell you, the one thing that you need to familiarize yourself with, there's two major passages of Scripture. It's what I call the fruit of the Spirit. And two passages are very important. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit are. The fruit of the Spirit is. It's not are, because are would be plural. There is one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. What do those feel like? Those are all through the Spirit. Those are not things to perform. Those are indicators to tell you what is getting, when you're in the Spirit, what does it feel like? And like you've heard me say many times before, these are not nine different facets. It's one fruit with nine different facets. It's an, ap- it's an orange. All of it. If you have the love, agape love of God, you'll have patience. If you have the agape love of God, you'll have peace. If you have the agape love of God, you'll have self-control. You remember me sharing the testimony to y'all that one time that college students came to me at Radford? They come and said, hey, Rick, we believe God's telling us to get married now. We got a peace about it. We love each other. I go, do you? No, you don't. Because they said, we've been talking to our parents and they're telling us to wait, but we believe we need to do it now. I said, no, you don't love each other. No, you don't. They got mad at me. He said, how can you say that? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. If you've got agape love, you're going to have patience. Oh, you know, I had this one before. Oh, so-and-so, we're in love with each other, but we can have a hard time keeping our hands off each other. You don't love each other. That last one's called self-control. They don't. They love. That's called lust. So familiarize yourself. Look at this James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 passage. Wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering. That word for unwavering, you know what it means? It literally means without judgment. In other words, you're not looking at somebody trying to pick them apart all the time. Without hypocrisy, whose seed is fruit is righteousness, is sown by peace by those who make peace. These are very important. Pay attention because they signal God. Let's go on. Let me give you a couple examples just real quick. Let's go on. Love. Now, here's the question is, this is a big one, because we're talking about agape love. This is a love like you go to 1 Corinthians 13. God is love, like we see this. Love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. You get near God, you will feel what? Love. Also, what you got to realize, love is an emotion, is a spiritual emotion that signals knowing God. It signals that you know God. Watch this passage in, in 1 Corinthians 8. It, the, the first part of it says, we know that we all have, we know, uh, um, now concerning things, sacrificed idols, we know that we all have knowledge. And it goes on to say, uh, knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Notice it says, if anyone thinks he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves, 
you know God. He's known by God. Because why? Love, y'all, deep love is the revelation of God. Because God, what? Is love. If I'm not loving, sorry, Burby, I'll give Mitch a break. If I'm not loving Tom as a brother, you know what it is? It reveals an area in my life that doesn't know God. If I'm not loving Paula as with the heart of the bridegroom, Jesus, that reveals, and there's been times in my life in that, that real, the revelation, realizing I don't know God in that. Because love is a spiritual emotion that signals you know God. Now, there's different levels of this. Remember, you can have the full agape love of God. A kid can have a full agape love of God in the level of revelation they have, and that's enough. Because what did it say? If anyone loves, what? He's known by God. Y'all, it's not head knowledge that releases the love. It's the love that releases the knowledge. You get to know God, you'll have knowledge. Paula exposes the deep things in her heart to me. Because why? She knows, well, she's, she knows I'm learning how to love her. <laughs> I know things about Paula that, that her mom and dad don't know about. I know things about Paula that none of you in here that's know, know about. Why? Because we're in love. Knowledge, the knowledge of God comes through the love of God. So you want to go to the next slide. Get this. Just like I said, love is from God. God is love. If I'm feeling agape love, I'm feeling love. I'm feeling God. Y'all, all of a sudden you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you see somebody and all of a sudden you feel this, this sacrificial love driving down the road. The other day, and all of a sudden, there's this dude on the side of the road. I just felt this love. Pick him up. Pick him up. And so I pick him up. And there was just a doorway. God was just wanting to love on this guy. Or in a restaurant or a grocery store or wherever. Why? God's presence. I'm following God's presence. But what I'm feeling, I feel this love. Oh, man, God, that's, that's it. Now, y'all, be careful of this. Let me just put a commercial in here. Singles in here go, well, that must be God because I'm in love with this girl. That could be lust. Remember what I said? Test the fullness of the love. Dwelling place, we do not want to tell people how or who they should marry or relationship in that. All we want to do is just provide you with the, the tools to recognize and test your love. Test the word you're hearing. Test what you're seeing. We have no right to speak into that and tell you what to do or not to do. What we have responsibility to do is equip you to discern things. So you make the call. So the first way that you follow the presence of God, look for the love. Feel it. There's somebody in here that I just really feel like you've shut your heart to love and it's hard to feel it. You don't want to know God. Because you think God is the one who is distant and far off. He's the one that will hurt you. So you don't want to love. Anyway, that's real quick. Go on to the next one. 
God is peace. An interesting thing, peace is a spiritual emotion that signals righteousness in a relationship. Things are right with God. Like the, the, the Luke chapter 1, shoot, chapter 2 verse, I believe it is, 14 or 17. Peace on earth among men with whom God is pleased. In other words, you're in right relationship with God, you got peace. You know, Others, how about in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with every man. How about in self, in, uh, in, in Philippians chapter, whoops, no, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, righteousness is established in the situation that you're in. Peace. That's why it says, let the peace of God referee in your heart. Because if there's no peace, y'all, something's not, what? Right. Do you know what the peace of God feels like? Many times we'll be praying for people in those counseling rooms and we'll go, okay, we're praying about something until you have the peace of God signaling to you you're healed, you're not free. And that's why we'll ask them. When we pray, it, you pray through it. Do you have the peace of God? And many times I've heard this, well, I, I don't feel anything. I said, that's not, that's not the peace of God. Not, you telling me you don't feel anything? That tells me you shut your heart down. Because, see, when you get near to God, he comes, he makes it right, and it's peace. Peace. That rest. About situations and circumstances in your life. It's at peace. I remember dad. About situations I pick on dad. I remember when Y2K was about to hit. Everybody's just going like, call it crazy, you know, this is happening, you know. People don't know whether to come or go or what. You know, some people saying, oh, it's going to be bad. Some people are, you know, and all kind of stuff, you know. And I admit, I got called into it. I didn't know about it, you know, and all this stuff. And I'll never forget talking to Dad. He had peace. He could care less about Y2K. I said, well, Dad, what do you, I mean, they say that, man, you may lose power. He says, you know, you may lose this, telephone, this. He says, well, when I was a kid, we didn't have power. We didn't have telephone. We got along fine. He had peace. You know how it is today? Oh, my cell phone. Oh, no. <laughs> Something's wrong <laughs> when our life is dependent upon our cell phone. Joy. Let's go on. The spiritual emotion of God's presence is joy. Look at this. Uh, and the, here's catch revelation. Joy is a spiritual emotion that signals belief. Notice what it says. For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Notice this, now may the God of, God of all hope fill you with all, I'm saying, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in believing, in believing. You believe God's promises for you. Joy is released into your heart. You trust, remember trust when you don't have a word? You attach yourself to the nature and character of God. Joy is released into your life. If you've lost your joy, well, let's back up. 
Joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. If you lost your strength, you feel weak. You've lost your believing because you've lost the circumstances you're dealing with in the world has distorted you from God's, either God's word or God's nature and character. Because when you draw near to God, there is what? Fullness of joy. It's fullness of joy. Now, y'all, those are just real quick. Three basic spiritual emotions of God. Say it with me. Love, Love. Joy, joy, peace. Don't underestimate those. Those are what your God feels like. Those are what he feels like. Dude, the world wants that. You want to come near to God? You got love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. Woo! Anyway, go on. Because God's presence is fullness of joy, just like I said. I love 21.6, for you make me him most blessed forever. You make him joyful with gladness in your presence. I, I just got this picture of like Max or Francis. They're crying. And what do I do? I try to draw them into my arms. And one of my goals is to what? Comfort them. That when they're in my arms, their crying turns to joy. Well, y'all, I have to exert effort to that to help them turn that sometimes. But you know what, God? He don't exert any effort to impart to us joy. Because you know why? He is joy. He is I know it's getting long, but I just got to dump this out. Because watch this, y'all, in the notes there. Is it the Holy Spirit I'm feeling, or is it flesh? You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul told him, he says, I couldn't speak to you spiritual men, but men of flesh, babes in Christ. And if you look at the context, he says there's jealousy and selfish ambition among you. Or he goes on to say, you know, where some say, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul. And he said, that's how I come I know, paraphrase, I know that's in the flesh. You can see it. Oh, well, I listen to Brother Smell Fungus. Oh, you. Well, you know, he's the one I get my word from, you know, and there's Brother So-and-so. Well, you start dealing with so-and-so and smell fungus, dude. It is fungus. It's flesh. I mean, you can be intensely longing for that. You know? I mean, whatever it may be, I can just tell and I don't have time to go into it, y'all, but like the couple that, uh, well, is it flesh or spirit? Like, I'll give you an example. First thing came to my mind, time, time uh, Paul and I's discussion points. You've heard me share these before, but I've had these many times before, but these are too summarized up. The time that Paul and I are in a discussion, and usually she can out-argue me, and so I'm just thinking, so all of a sudden we're in this discussion with one another, and all of a sudden in her argument she makes a critical error, and I can get her. I see it, and all of a sudden, 
the presence of God says to me, love her. But I go, but God. I really did. That's what I said. This is my, ch- this is my chance. And I wish I could sit here today and tell you that I, yes, God, I hear you. Yeah, that's what I said afterwards. I, you know, I took my opportunity and she starts crying and I could. And I started what? That was flesh. Not too long ago, Paula and I are in a, in a Bible study and I'm teaching. You remember me telling you this one where all of a sudden, you know, you know, I'm giving gory details of ministry. She looks at me and says, Rick, too many details. I look at her and go, I want them to know the details with intensity in my heart. And then go back to teaching in love. <laughs> Afterwards, you know, I, you know, feeling all good about myself. I open the door for Paula, get in the car, you know, going around there, just feeling all good. Sit down in the car and she says, Rick, I just want you to know you really hurt me tonight. What? And then she said, you know, when, when she interrupted me, you know, I was sharp to her. And, you know, anyway, y'all know the story. I think I shared this before in here. But it was an opportunity for God to do a thing in my heart. And I, I was really amazed at Paula later on. She said, you know, I said to her, Rick, uh, you know, I said, babe, I mean, that's really cool to me how you challenged me on my response to you and you didn't put up walls like she has done in the past, you know, and it had been two weeks later that I discovered what I had. That's maybe what we had done in the past. This was glory to glory. And uh, but she just spoke the word of God to me, the presence of God to me. Instead of coming to me in the flesh, she came to me in the spirit. And next thing you know, I'm repenting. Revelations to me because her response to me, my response to her the first time was flesh. Her response to me was spirit. Is it flesh or spirit? You're going to feel something. Discern the difference. Go on. The next slide. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back up. Soul and spirit. Let me tell you, this is very, very important. Is in, uh, because sometimes what you're dealing with in, in James chapter 3, verse 17, where it talks about you know, wisdom, where there's jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there's disorder and evil thing. And it goes on to say, this wisdom is not from above, but is earthly, soulish, or demonic. And one of the favorite places that I can see this one is in our elders' meetings. Is that when we can get in elders' meetings, we can easily start to soulishly, intellectually start to think out what God's will is. Do y'all remember the time, the, uh, about, this has been about five or six years ago when we were doing the... Uh, construction thing. We wanted to do construction thing back here. So us and the nice elders in our spiritual, you know, points, we come up with a good plan to finance this thing. And we got it all down fact. We bring it in here to the Joel meeting and the Joel meeting, all of a sudden, a body who is just listening to the Spirit of God starts communicating some things. I'll never forget that. I'm standing up front here and I'm hearing the body, the Spirit of God speaking the body. And I'm going, well, looks like our soulish plan, this paraphrase in my heart, our soulish plan is not God. We're here in the spirit, in the body. And so we ditched our financial plans and, and God gave us the money. <laughs> is it soulish? Intellectually dependent. I can think it through. No, it's spirit. 
led. I don't mean we're mindless. Spiritual man discerns all things. Is it Holy Spirit or spirit? I got to share this one, y'all. This one's so important, and I got to be careful. Paul, you got to help me out and share this one. Is it, is, it a, is it a Holy Spirit or a spirit? Because I'm going to warn you, sometimes what feels like you think is love is nothing but a spirit of deception. There's been times in my life that I have felt things that I thought was God. Not God, but I thought was legitimate. But it was nothing but a spirit of deception. And I just want to tell you this, y'all. There are demonic spirits. Okay, let's get that in here. And let me tell you something. They do put out emotions. Very powerful emotions. Don't think that any one of us in this room cannot be deceived. Every one of us in this room can be deceived. And they will get you with an emotion that is so seductive. And so that's why one of the things that, why in my, my understanding of walking with God and pursuing Him, you want to really use, especially when on critical issues, you want to use every facet of the revelation of God. What you're hearing, what you're feeling, and what affects. Like the time I've had the guy, I've heard told y'all before, the guy comes to me and says, well, I believe I'm supposed to, I've got peace that I'm supposed to divorce my wife and marry my, my secretary. Peace of God, huh? Bro, that ain't the peace of God. I think one of the things I didn't have time to speak in there, how you judge emotions is with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit. Truth. That's, bro, that's contrary to truth. That emotion you're dealing with there is the demonic spirit. And I have been in that place, y'all, that I feel this emotion hit, and I'm thinking, whoa, what is this? Man, this is feeling good. And all of a sudden, I go, wait a minute. This is a spirit of deception. And I go, and I go in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit. Guys, serious. No sooner did it come, that it goes. And I'm going, man, that's powerful. And I believe God allowed that to happen so I could understand really how powerful the spirit of deception is. Because when you start following after God, let me tell you something. Enemy will try to take your strength and use it against you. That's why the evangelical church has done away with emotions, because they're so powerful we don't understand them. Let's just shut it down. Let's just don't feel. That's deadly. Let's go on. Let's close with this. Let's respond. I want you to notice how this is what God said to me, responding. Knowing how to respond and responding is important. Y'all, there are times in my life that I knew what to do and didn't do it. There are times in my life I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was feeling. I mean, I'm going. In fact, you know, there's a lot of times with the interns, I'll just purposely stir stuff up with them and go, okay, what are you feeling? What is that? What is that? Oh, no, that's rebellion. That's what that is. You stir it up because you want them to feel it. You want, them to, you, want to, you want to discern what it is, and that's why I spent some time on understanding what's being signaled. But here's the question is, anytime you feel something, it's got to, you've got to respond to it some way. Either to get rid of it or 
to receive it. Now here's what God, here's what I want to close shop on. Responding when you feel God. There's two things that God showed me about this. God's leading you. God is going before you. And the picture I got is him dropping cookies of emotions. There'll be love. And you'll feel it. Oh, and you respond to it. Now you remember this. If you give expression to an impression, you become more impressionable. Okay? So all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's leading you with love. You respond to love. What do you become more impressionable to? Love. All of a sudden, God says, you know, you know, or, or suddenly I feel this peace. Robbie says something, hey, Rick, we do this with me? And all of a sudden, I just feel this peace. And I've got a whole bunch of other stuff to do that I've got to do. And when Robbie says to me, you know, Rick, let's do this. And I'm going, but there's peace here. There's peace here. Now respond to that. There'll be more what? Peace. Joy. Same thing. Why do you think the Word of God says... Rejoice in the Lord. Because he is what? Now, because there's a second thing here, y'all. You can always rejoice in God's goodness. Okay, There's times that he's dropping cookies of emotions for you to follow. Be sensitive. Respond. Pay attention to what you're feeling. Both in you and externally. Pay attention. Okay? But also, how about this time? The Lord was speaking to me. It was Spreaker the other day. Where's Spreaker? Right there. And I was just talking. I was just running my mouth on some of this stuff. And all of a sudden he goes, what happens when I don't feel nothing? Spreaker, don't mess me up. I got my eye in mind. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, listen to him. So what do you do when you don't feel anything? In fact, many times you don't, it's not that you don't feel anything. Y'all, you're feeling the total opposite. You're feeling all hell breaking out around you. Maybe somebody's sick. Or, or you're sick. And all, you're not feeling, oh, God's presence. Joyce in the Lord always. Oh, okay. A bud's dying of Alzheimer's. It's hallelujah. What? That's sick. That's stupid. Oh. Remember I said to follow God's presence, he drops cookies? The thing the Lord said to me is Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 following. Do, be not, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, you remember, this is chapter 6. Chapter 5, just a few verses before that, is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question before I talk about the fruit of the Spirit and I'm talking about... When, God, when you don't feel anything. Let me ask you this. I have an apple. Is it true? In that apple is the next generation of apples. Huh? Because what's in an apple? Seed. In every fruit, there is a what? Seed. And every seed bears a what? Fruit. With God's seed, it always yields fruit. If you don't feel anything, that's what it says. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. If he sows to his flesh, and it says this, his flesh, from the flesh, he will reap corruption. 
But if you sow to the Spirit, out of the Spirit, you reap eternal life. I don't feel anything. Because you know what the next verse says? Do not be weary in well-doing. For you will reap in due season. What does that mean? Rick, to pursue God's presence. I don't feel him. I don't feel anything. In fact, I, man, I am hurting so bad. How do I sow to the Spirit? What did we do this morning? That's one way you sow to the Spirit. Put on the Spirit of praise for the... No, I'm sorry. Put on the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. Be anxious for... But in everything by... And supplication. What am I doing when I pray with thanksgiving? What am I doing? I'm sowing to the Spirit. And I'm reaping. I will reap up into His presence. I'll draw out of His presence. It draws out of His presence. And what God said to me is this. He says, Rick, find the seed. Find the seed. Find the seed. Y'all, every time around you, I just want to say this to you, both two ways you'll hear God's presence. Pursue God's presence. <clears throat> It'll be one of two ways. Either God's leading you, y'all, or he's inviting you to sow and learn how to draw on his presence. Okay? Now watch this. Now some of y'all said, thought this, that Tristan coming in was a distraction. Tristan coming in was not a distraction. Tristan coming in is the heart of God. You know, you remember the time he was telling you on, I was on the, uh, see? Joy. Some of y'all need to be happy in God's Father's house. Hey, Tristan. I like that. All right. Let's close shop. Now, here's how I want to close up tonight, today, whatever it is. This is today. I want us to close up with this. Realization of this, I'm asking you this, to be aware of what you're feeling. Second thing is, I just want you to practice to discern what's the emotions of God, what are the emotions of either flesh or soulish or a spirit, to discern. Two is, pay attention and respond to the the cookies of emotions that God gives you. Second thing is you're not feeling anything, sow it. Sow it. He provides seed to the sower and bread for food. And let me say, you know, God, yeah, we'll be a people of God's presence, able to discern all things. Now, I just want to ask in closing shop here, Mitch, I don't know if you got something you want to add into this, Tom. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, either way, it don't make any difference. Well, um, really just a couple things that people sensed that came up to me during worship uh, felt. And it's just a great opportunity to um, really just there was uh, Phil had come up to me and just really felt the Lord wiping away tears this morning. Like even just during worship, like he just felt hit for himself. But he just felt like maybe this is for the body as well. And just asking the Lord you know, just in heaven, you know, he wipes away tears, you know, he just felt like he was doing, bringing heaven to earth, you know, and doing that physically for some people. And also Tina, 
uh, felt like there were some people's feet stuck and unable to move. And we just interceded for that. And, and sometimes I live with a, a wife that's very, she feels all the time. She senses, like she's very, like I always say that she, her, her um, you know, you know, those big satellite TV you ever seen? Back in the day, you had these ginormous satellite TVs that sat in the yard. And I feel like that's her, and then my satellite seems to be sometimes about like that, you know. But she senses and feels things, so it's, it's really important. So, you know, we took opportunity, Tina and I just took opportunity to pray and intercede. Don't, don't take on all that heaviness upon yourself. You know, make sure when you're feeling it that you do appropriate things with it. You respond to it. And she res- we responded in interceding. But I believe that there are some people f- feel like you're stuck. I think both of those I felt like were responses because emotions, like if you cut off your emotions, sometimes you will feel stuck because you can't feel it. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. So maybe that's another area. So, and uh, Ron McCall had received a word about uh, feeling a sense of open house, which I think bleeds re- into what really what you might be getting ready to say is that, you know, we, when you go to look at a house, you know, realtor has an open house. It felt like the Lord was saying, like, it's an open house today. Yeah, that's bringing, and I felt like also the, that I felt when Rick spoke that scripture about the birthing and, and just, you know, you go through that pain, but the joy, it spoke, spoke, spoke this, joy was going to take away the anguish. And I felt like the Lord is just bringing some joy into some people's hearts to take away anguish, whether it's past, like right now, present, whatever that anguish felt like, the Lord's bringing joy into that place to remove physical pain or spiritual pain that, that people have gone through. So four words. Review them again. So really, Wipe away wiping tears. away tears, uh, feeling like people's feet were stuck and God wants you to move today. And then joy was coming in to bring an open house, you know, the Lord uh, bringing joy and also bringing an open house uh, for people to, to be able to open up, open up where maybe you've never, like I said, this world doesn't tell you to, you know, especially the church, even the church in broad in general, if you're feeling something, you know, ignore it, just do what the, just, you know, do, you know, make sure you do right, you know, instead of hearing it and allowing it to signal what's going on and then being able to appropriately walk in that. Why is Tristan being in here important to me? You know why? Because I love him. And in this place, I want Tristan to be comfortable. This is his home. This is his home. And every one of those kids that come in here, this is their home. This is their family. Now, there's things about how to live in the home. But, but for this place, this time, Tristan needs to know this is his house. Because I needed this. Who am I in Christ? <laughs> So let's pray and close, and we're going to invite you if you want prayer, and we're going to close, but we're going to, we'll be up front praying, and so um, we have prayer teams ready to pray, and so come on up, and uh, these five words we have. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the revelations that you're trying to give us about the reality how you've created us. Lord, you created us as spiritual beings, Lord, emotional beings, ready to interact with you. Lord, those of us in this place who have shut down our emotions, 
Lord, or for the lies that traditions of men have told us, don't trust what you feel. Lord, you're just wanting to bring revelation so we can understand what's going on in us. God, we want to be so sensitive to you. We also want to be aware when there's just things that are happening, fleshly or soulish, that we can lay them aside and grow and be able to test and prove what the will of God is. Lord, I just speak freedom into my brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. Lord, healing into our hearts that we can be be ready to flow with you. So, Lord, I just pray blessings on my brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Come up. Get prayer.